Good morning, everyone. It's always so fantastic to be with you. Um, I don't know about you, but I always, honestly, I find sharing my faith with non-believers really, really hard. I was, I'm naturally very shy, and if you'd met me as a little boy, I was painfully shy. And um, that's why working with Andy has been really good for me, because he's like the extreme opposite. It's been amazing. But I find it really, really hard. I find it cringy, especially with people I know or who are family members. You just, I don't know if you can even, you can probably even feel that pain right now. It is hard. Yet, if you were to stop me and say, right, James, what's probably one of your biggest regrets in your life up till now? And I would honestly say, probably that I haven't shared my faith about Jesus with people enough. And yeah, we do some outreaches on Saturday morning where me and Andy, a few others, we go out every Saturday morning to share on the high street. But that's just like an hour and a half. But it's actually quite easy in that time because you're in missionary mode. But the rest of my life, I find it really hard, like with neighbours and people like that. But thankfully, God knows that we are frail. Jesus understands us. He knows the pain of that. He understands he gets that we want people to like us. He, he, he gets that. And he wants to help us. He wants to break in. And I'm really relying this morning on the Holy Spirit to come and break through in my heart and in, and in your hearts. Um, for me personally, as we're moving towards planting a, a church on an estate, I have to grow in this. And I'm so... As I'm talking this morning, I'm saying, God, I need to become someone who's better at showing my faith. The early church saw rapid expansion. The kingdom of God just exploded outwards. And it's because they were sharing their faith and they had such fruitfulness. And they left us some principles you can read in the New Testament principles that we can copy, like a blueprint that if we do these things, they're like keys. They're principles for us to imitate. And the Apostle Paul, who Sue was just reading out, the Apostle Paul about him, he is such a good inspiration. In fact, the Bible tells us to imitate Paul. It says that two or three times. Paul says, imitate me, imitate me, because I imitate Christ. So the Word of God says, whatever you see, the principles in Paul's life, Imitate them in your own life, especially with sharing our faith with others. And there's just two things that I'm going to get my good friend Atana's going to come up and she's going to share. Because most of us are not evangelists. I wouldn't say that I'm an evangelist. But some people can just do it. They just, wherever they go, they have an anointing on their life. Now, we're not all like that and we won't all be like that. But when you listen to an evangelist... Like there's some in the room. There is some evangelists in the room. When you listen to their stories, it encourages us and it does help us to evangelize more. So I'm praying that as a tenor speaks, as the Spirit guides her, that he's going to encourage us with whatever we need to help us share our faith. So just two things from this passage. Number one is priority. And we see in the passage, Paul had an incredible priority for evangelism so for years he longed to visit Rome for years it says it in chapter one and now again in chapter 15 he keeps saying 
I long to come and see the church in Rome. He was a Roman citizen. It would imagine visiting Rome in those days. It just would have been glorious. And he wanted to go there. This was a church that he wrote to, that he loved, that he prayed for every day. But how many times did Paul ever go to Rome to visit the church? Does anyone know? Shout it out. No, zero. He never, ever, ever went to the church in Rome. The only times he, so he went to Rome twice, but they were both in chains in a prison. But, the rest, but he never, ever visited these people that he loved. Yeah, to, check, check it out, check it out. He never, ever went to see them. Um, and this would, have, this would have, he had this longing, this aching on his heart to go and see them. But why didn't he see them? Even though he kept saying he was going to go and see them. Well, let's look what it says. He says, because this is the reason, basically, because I need to go and tell non-believers about Jesus. <laughs> See at the bottom, it says, this is why I've often been hindered from coming to you. Because there's so many people everywhere I go that have never heard about Jesus and I need to tell them. And Paul, yes, he was desperate to see his friends. And it would have really encouraged him as well. And they probably would have given him money and finances and prayed for him. He couldn't do it because he had this constant longing on his heart to tell people about Jesus. So we need that ambition. I love the way he says, I've got an ambition to tell people about Jesus. Do you have an ambition for your life? An ambition. That's a godly ambition, isn't it? An ambition to see how many people you can tell about Jesus. Don't worry about whether they respond positively or not. Our job is just to tell them faithfully. We're like the postman. We, we've got to tell them about Jesus. And we need to ask God. I mean, some of us here, often like me, maybe you feel like you've hit a brick wall with your evangelism. Like maybe for years you're at a brick wall and you can't get past. Now I've felt that for a long, long time in periods of my life. And it's actually at the brick walls where we grow the most. If we don't give up, if we persevere and we seek God, say, God, change my heart. God, give me opportunities. Give me motivation. Um, This is a quote I found by a non-Christian. He's an atheist, a famous atheist in America called Penn Gillette. He's like a celebrity author, illusionist. He says, I don't respect people who don't evangelize. I don't respect that, that at all. If you believe there is a heaven and a hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever and you think it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate someone to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? If I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point that I will tackle you. And this is more important than that. And this is by a, a passionate atheist. And, but I think maybe we can learn from that. I think he is right. I don't like the tone of it totally, but I think the truth of it is right. Right. 
It's as if the world is dying of a terminal illness and we have the only cure. And we've been cured. We're going to be alive forever. And we, we need to tell people because there is no other cure. Jesus, help us. Help us. So that's the first thing. Priority. And I would love Jesus to, this morning, just by his grace, give us a fresh priority. That wherever we go, whatever setting we're in with family, friends, neighbours, it's almost like we've got glasses on of evangelism. Imagine if you had glasses that were like bright pink. Everything you looked at would be pink. We need glasses of evangelism just to remind us all the time. That's the first thing. Priority. The second thing, just quickly before we get a tenor up, is power. How did Paul evangelize? What well, tells us in this passage, it says, it, was, it wasn't just by saying stuff. Yes, saying stuff is really important with our mouths. We tell people about Jesus. But he says, by what I've said and done, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. Now maybe it hasn't worked very well in the past because we haven't fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. We've just talked about it. But what if we were to talk and then demonstrate? Okay. Now I think this is where God wants to stretch us and grow us. Talk and demonstrate. And if you look at the early church, the reason why they grew so rapidly, they always talked and always demonstrated. So how did they demonstrate it? What did, they, what did Paul do? He says this. By what I've said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem all the way around to Elycrium, I fully proclaim the gospel of Christ. Paul is copying the pattern of who? Of Jesus. Jesus would always demonstrate and talk, demonstrate the power. He would heal the sick. He would do miracles. And didn't Jesus say, anyone who believes in me will do the things that I do and even greater things. Now if you listen to a tenor in a minute, you'll see in, in her family, these things are normal. For years they've seen incredible things happen that are miracles. This was the pattern of Jesus Christ. He would always demonstrate. So to fully proclaim the gospel, we need both words and we need to demonstrate the power. And you might be thinking, I can't do that. Of course you can't. But all you need to do is say to a friend who's sick, oh, you've got a bad back. Do you mind if I... I know it's weird, it sounds weird, but do you mind if I just pray for you? I really believe Jesus loves you and he might heal you. And just say, can I just lay my hand on your shoulder and just pray a simple prayer. And keep doing that and people will get healed. The more you do it, the more people will get healed. So Jesus modelled it. And he said, unless people see signs and wonders, they'll never believe. He said that at one point. Now obviously it's not a, a silver bullet. It doesn't always bring people into the church and bring them to their knees. But this is how the early church did it. It was very effective. So Jesus did it, Paul did it, then the early church did it. Do you remember when um, Peter and John went to the temple and there was a crippled beggar on the floor? And they said, look, we don't have any gold or silver, but we'll give you what we do have. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. 
The problem with the church today is we could say to that man, look, we've got lots of gold and silver, here you go, loads of it. We've got no power. That breaks my heart. It's not meant to be like that. In the first few centuries after Peter and John, after those guys died off, the early church fathers, our greatest theologians who we stand upon, they were really, really, really into signs and wonders. I just want to read a few quotes from the church fathers. Justin Martyr, um, 165 AD. The prophetic gifts remain with us even to the present time. The Spirit continues to impart gifts of grace to those who believe in him according as he deems each man worthy thereof. It is possible to see among us women and men who possess gifts of the Spirit of God. Yes. Numberless demoniacs throughout the whole world and in your city, many of our Christian men exercising them in the name of Jesus Christ, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, have healed and do heal, rendering helpless and driving the possessing devils out of men, though they could not be cured by all the other exorcists and those who used incantations and drugs. Wow. Iranius, 130-202. Those, those, who are in, those who are Jesus' disciples do in his name perform miracles so as to promote the welfare, welfare of other men according to the gift which each one has received from him. For some do certainly and truly drive out devils so that those who have thus been cleansed from evil spirits frequently both believe in Christ and join themselves to the church. Others have foreknowledge of things to come. They see visions, they utter prophetic expressions. Others heal the sick by laying their hands upon them, and they are made whole. Yea, moreover, moreover, the dead even have been raised up and remain among us for many years. They speak in different languages, as Paul used to do. In like manner, we do hear many brothers in the church who possess prophetic gifts and through the spirit speak all kinds of languages and bring to light for the general benefit of hidden things of men and declare the mysteries of God. Um, I've got pages of this from Tertullian, Oregon, Novation, Cyril of Jerusalem. Just trying to pick some little bits out. Um, Oregon, Oregon, 185 says there are still preserved among Christians the gifts which the Holy Spirit gives. They expel evil spirits. They perform many cures and foresee certain events according to the will of the Logos. Um, Novation 258. It is God who places prophets in the church. He directs tongues, gives powers and healings, does wonderful works. Often the discrimination of spirits affords powers of government. Um, it just goes on and on and on and on. I'm running out of time. But after a while, the problem was it became the leaders who did this. This was the big problem that's caused our downfall with this. 
it became more and more the bishops and the leaders who had this power and they used it to control in the Catholic Church. And then in the 1500s, Luther and the reformers came along and they just said, this is wrong. It's, It's the leaders are controlling the people. We have to reform the church. So remember Luther in the 1500s brought about the Reformation. But the problem was they chucked the baby out with the bathwater. They said, we don't want to be like the Catholic Church. It's full of control and abuse. So we're going to chuck out the healings, the gifts of tongues, the miracles that the bishops do and use to control. We're going to chuck them out. And this was the most tragic thing that happened to us. Because that's our history. That's who we are. Yes, the Reformation was the best thing that could happen. Also, in some ways, the worst. Because we lost the gifts of the Spirit that God put in motion. That he laid down, Jesus laid down as our pattern. That was picked up by Paul and the early church. And the church fathers. And was chucked out in the Reformation. And we need to say, Jesus, we are so sorry. How do we think we can reach the world for Christ if we're not following the pattern that's been given to us? Now I'd love now to invite a tenor up. Um, and she's just going to be, she's just going to share some, here you go, is this on, yeah, share some thoughts. So Atena, you've been with us, Anna, Mia, Lydia, Daniel, yeah. you've been with us for two, two years? Um, yeah, around the two years. Yeah. Okay, and honestly, we know them, these guys really well. They are incredible. They've been such a blessing to our family. Their faith is just, my goodness, they inspire us so much. So they're originally from Iran, yes. but you've lived for 20 years in yeah, the UK. Yeah, 20 years, yeah. Um, yeah. And so Atena is someone who really is an evangelist. And just as she talks, just let it inspire you because it really inspires me. So can you... Just give us your heart just in a few minutes. If it's okay, first we ask the Holy Spirit to come because anything I said, He'd done it. Mm. I didn't do anything without Him. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Mm. Anything I say, anything I share to my brother and sister, because you've done it. Mm. And I share it because you are the only one to guide us. Father, thank you for your Son, thank you for His sacrifice. We are gathered here to praise your name. And Father, let your name be glory. Use us for your kingdom. Amen. So I come in from Islam. I was Muslim 20 years ago here, um, but I was still Muslim. So I gave my heart to Jesus 18 years ago. Um, So I practiced Islam before, so my dad is Arab, so definitely... It was very strict in Islam, so I know many about, a lot about Islam, so that's me. And what do you want to... Okay, can I... Do you want to start by saying about your dad, since you mentioned about him? Yeah, I can say about my dad. passionate Muslim. Oh, yeah, very, very strict. And he was not happy with you becoming Christian. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he, He said, the first time I told him when I converted, he said... I know that because I hear in England they brainwash everyone mm-hmm. and they make everyone to be Christian. And I said, do you think it's a good thing I'm changed or not? He said, yes, um, in the way you all have got peace. Uh, in our house, and my dad before, there was no peace. So every day uh, for many, many years, 
Um, my dad beating us, burn our body. Um, we had every day like a like a bread or like a dinner. One of the um, uh, he burning or kicking or he um, many different uh, in our sexual body or or he just um, or mentally anyway. So um, I've grown up in the hate and the fear. Um, so when I left the uh, my family, when I came here, I gave my heart. So I have got heart for my dad. Um, I, it take me, it take me two years to forgive him. But, um, when I went back, um, I had a heart. So I prayed for him for 14 years. So every time we went back to Iran with my family, I'm married here, I have got two kids, and he started to fight. He said, oh, you are the shame of the family, you've done this, uh, how can I tell everyone? I said, don't, don't, you don't need to tell everyone. I tell everyone because I told everyone I converted. I, I find the love. I have a peace. I couldn't stop myself because I see as the, we read, we, I see there was in the darkness and I see um, I'm in the light. So I need to grab them and tell them about the light and I need to hold their hands and guide them to the light. So anyway, 14 years, my dad was standing and he said, no, no, no. In that time, my mom converted, but she was so scared to tell my dad um, she converted because that authority of the dad in Middle East is so uh, high standing. So um, um, we went to you know after four, you know um, in that time uh, like uh, eight years ago or something. Uh, we went to Iran and um, I said on the way to the my city. I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm not say anything. I don't pray in the lunch and the dinner because I do pray. So I don't say any any words. Your will be done in my dad's life. So as you know, uh, Muslim praying five times um, in the day and one of them is 5 a.m. Uh, for I know is we doing well, 6 p- 6.30. Okay. I was happy to do it early because, you know, that's the way we, um, we learn to early wake up and pray. So my dad, at 5 o'clock, uh, he, every day, he woke up and prayed. And he read the Quran for many, I think, say, for half an hour. Uh, but when he was there, he just sounded louder because he was sure of 5 a.m. You're thinking, in the house, everyone is asleep. And he just, like, sounded up. And I just like, oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, and I just, um, that day... My dad woke up at five. He had a wuzu wash the, um, his feet and hands. So he had a Quran, read his Quran, and he went to stand from Qibla, means the to side of Mecca, um, the Muslim praying. And um, the corner of the room opened. The light came in, the cross of Jesus, and Jesus stand in front of my dad. And he said later, he can hear his breathing. So... He said, he put the hand to my dad and he said, follow me, I'm a live one. And my dad said, he saw the um, Muhammad picture very far. And he said to my dad, leave the dead, follow your life. And that vision, as he said, it was just a few seconds, changed his life. So when we woke up, he, I was thinking he had a heart attack because he was so white. He was so um, shaking. 
and I was screaming and said, Dad has a heart attack. And everyone came out of the rooms. And uh, he said, no, me and my husband, Amir, he asked us to sit. And he said, this is what I saw it. In the, when I was awake, I wasn't dreaming. So um, what is it? And I told him, dear Dad, I told you, 14 years, you see. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, what should I do? I said, pray and give your heart to Jesus. So he gave heart to Jesus. And he went to work the day after, and he came back, and he called me, can I talk to you? I think I'm going crazy. And I said, what's happened? And he said, someone talked to me. Someone said, he loved me. He's my daddy. And I said, oh, dad, this is the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, who is that Holy Spirit? And I said, this is the um, Spirit of the Lord. He's, he's calling you. Um, my dad was jumping. He's 72 that time. Jumping up and down, and he said, I worshipped Islam for, from 13, when I was 13, to now I never, never, never hear one word. And wow. I've done everything. Wow. In 24 hours, I hear him call me wow. son. Beautiful. So he's walking with faith. Two years later, he called me and said they had, he had cancer. So um, three places of his body. Um, so he called me, come back home soon. So I float back after two days with kids. And uh, God put in my heart to baptize him. I said, baptize anyway. I baptized him on the, um, I put the water on, over him because we don't have a bath. Um, so he said, something fall down on me. And I said, you know, the Holy Spirit feel you. This is happening. And I explained my way. Um, so when... Before we went, he said he don't want to do any treatment when we are there. For we was there two weeks. So he didn't go any, any treatment. He stopped the treatment that two weeks because he wants to be around us. So after two weeks when he went, they couldn't find any cancer. Wow. So he's he clear from cancer. He's wow. alive. He's, he's writing book about the Holy Spirit wow. at the moment in Iran. <laughs> wow. So he has got heart for Jesus. That's so incredible. God me. is good wow. all the time. Amazing. So Amazing. someone should be tell him. Someone should be telling your family. Mm. Someone should be sharing to someone. I know some people, they are so hard. I don't think so. I don't see anyone harder than my dad. <laughs> Never. If my dad can be changed, your family can be Amen. changed. Your friend be changed. I'm going to share one from here. Yeah. Many years ago, I just um, would walk um, with my uh, kids, went to the church, but my husband went... Uh, to Carbusa. He loved Carbusa. Um, so he went to Carbusa, and I said, I'm not going to church with kids. So on the way, uh, we went to bus. And, you know, when you're going to bus, um, you see, when they have got, someone has got pusher, you just, they push you somehow to go into this space in the um, bus. And, and um, the family came, and they had a pusher, and they pushed me somehow. And they say something in Farsi, very bad <laughs> and I just didn't say anything but they didn't think I'm from Iran as well so they just they put the pusher there and I and I hear they just say oh where is the Ikea they was talking for us and they just oh where is the Ikea Ikea is this way or oh, we need to go that way and I just I they just sort of like a, a short fight a wife and husband and they're just like Oh, the, I know that IKEA is opposite, and this was never going to IKEA. So, 
And I hear the Lord say, take them home. And I say, okay. So I turn back and I say, do you want to go to Ikea by in Farsi? And they would, because they told me something very rude in Farsi. And I, they said, oh, sorry, you are Iranian. I said, yes, I am Iranian. And I told them, explain, there is no Ikea this way with this bus. So you need to come to my house. And I, I call my husband. He is coming to take you to Ikea. So, because the Lord said, take them. I trust the Lord. So they said, are you sure you want to take us to your house? We are new in this country. We came for five days, less than a week. And I said, oh, yes, completely. My husband is lovely. He's coming to take you. Anyway, I take them to my house, and I called my husband on the phone. I said to Amir, Amir, I bring a family from Boston house. And he said, they will kill you. And I said, oh, you there. He is so happy to see you guys. And he's... Anyway, it was so funny in the way. And I just, uh, he came just so quick. And I make a food they ate. We share about the Jesus. So, um, and then my husband took them to Ikea. That's you know, um, this is this is sorted. And later, this um, uh, lady, he gave, she gave the heart to Jesus, and she's now in the other church in so, other side of the London. But this family gave the heart to Jesus. This is sorted. I, if I'm not listen to the Lord, if I'm not obey it, who can be share the gospel to this family who are desperate in their life? And this wow, is too. Thank you so much, Dave. Can you just pray for us? Just 10 seconds of yes. pray that God will help us. Um, I pray any of these testimonies, shake your heart, or God bring you anything to your heart. If anyone was against you, or say any word to you, or, you know, um, sometimes our heart is so heavy from the people, and we said, oh, leave them. Leave them to someone else. But God wants you to use you for that person. Because this person in your life, because God has got plan. If you see someone is so hard and they not change, you not change anyone. The Lord changes people. Do you understand this one? The Lord changes people. We need to understand we are just working. We are working in the puzzle. We are one piece. The whole puzzle is Jesus. So, Father, thank you for everyone here. Thank you, Lord. You love them. Remember someone told you, someone walked with you, and you are the one who walk with someone and tell someone. No matter who you are and where you are, just, you know, you're called to be. Tell other people. Father, in Jesus' name, anyone here who are deeply, deeply wants to go and tell people and share gospel. If you go into hospital, don't think people are coming here, there. And that time you are there by accident because Jesus wants you there for them. If you go in any places, remember you are there because he called you to be there. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you, anyone here who wants to be sharing the gospel, as he's commanded us to love our Father and tell others, Father, in Jesus' name, let David's tongue is open. Mm. 
the little mouth be open. Let the eyes see the heaven, not the people. Let they see you are the bigger and they problem. They people around, you know, people front of them. You can change any heart. Any, any heart. If anyone here wants to just say yes to the Lord, to start more and more, put the hands up. Put the hands up. If you see you are the one, God called you to come more, to share the gospel, to tell other people. Hallelujah. Father, you are good. We need more hands up. More hands, more hands for the Lord. You remember, he done it for you, and now is your turn to do it for him. For glorious name. Father, thank you for the hands up. And I know some people, like me before, were shy, Father. Their hands up, but in their heart. Father, let their all the hands glory your name, Father. In Jesus' name, I bless everyone here. Bless it, Father. Let the God use you mighty and mighty. Let the, any place you go, you shine for his glory. Let you know you are the daughter and son of the Jesus. As you walk, no fear. No one can stop you. And if you share, remember, if they accept or not accept, you do your job. And let's rest to the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we just thank Katana? Thank you so much. Tana. Amazing. Thank you. Go for four. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hold on to that. Do hold on to that.